Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, Tom Matson, as we talk about making your impact as an entrepreneur. Tom is an international best-selling author, seminar presenter, and highly sought-after business coach. He helps entrepreneurs create high-ticket programs that guarantee results. He has a lot of great insights to share, so stay tuned and enjoy. Today on Cashflow Connects, we have Tom Matson. Tom, welcome. Hey, Cashflow Connects. I'm super excited to be here as a Canuck, but I will tell you, Peter, I'm bilingual. I speak American and Canadian. You know, we, we all, as my mom said, we all have our gifts. So <laughs> if I slip into American ease, uh, you'll just have to ta- have me translate. Okay? All right. Well, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to see. <laughs> I'm not sure I, under- I know American, but. Yeah, exactly. We'll yeah. talk about Timmy's instead. There you go. There you go. Um, but Tom, um, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. I've been uh, an entrepreneur for 37 years now. Uh, started 87 businesses along the way. Uh, made and lost millions multiple times over. So cash flow is a very uh, near and dear topic to my heart. Uh, for years, for fact, for more than a decade, it was all about gross, 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 gross. Um, and then as I uh, got beat up uh, on the managing of my money side multiple times, I realized no, it's really about cash flow. It's about residual income. It's about ongoing cash flow. And and so for me, um, my business has gone through three main phases. And this, this last phase, which started about four and a half years ago, I now describe as uh, authority entrepreneurs hire us to build seven and eight figure businesses around their authority and wisdom. We call it building movements. And we help people package their wisdom and knowledge and then sell it a number of different ways, primarily with a, what we call a high ticket program that guarantees results for their clients. So it's pretty innovative, pretty unique, and a lot of fun, a lot of fun. That's awesome. And um, so you've been, um, and so in your journey, you said you've had 87 businesses, all successful? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> seven, uh, seven, maybe eight of them to seven figures or beyond. Uh, several crashed and burned and most somewhere in the middle. Um, much of that journey was in understanding the difference between partners for strategy and partners for convenience. <laughs> and uh, what I now describe as the strategy, there's a book called The Strategy of a Dolphin. And in it, it talks about people being sharks, dolphin, or carp. Um, I've had a lot of shark partners. I've had a lot of carp partners. Dolphin partners are a lot more fun and a lot more lucrative too, Peter. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So yeah. what what kind of keeps you going? What has helped kept you in this world of entrepreneurship? Uh, what keeps me going? Interesting question. I, for me, I just love, absolutely love helping people find ways to massively increase their impact. Um, I believe that a good entrepreneurs do good and make money at the same time. So the more money you make, the more impact you bring to the world, the more impact you bring to the world, the more money you make. And so to me, it's, it's now that I know my calling and my true calling in the world of entrepreneurship, nothing else I would do. I mean, it's, it is the game I'm playing. I definitely am building my, my own residual and passive income strategies so that, so that I don't have the uh, ups and downs of the past. Um, but in terms of the game, I love it. Every day, um, you know, the, this whole crazy COVID isolation thing that's going on as we record this, 
to me, that's like, great, more time to talk to people, <laughs> more time to have impact, more. We're getting record turnouts in our master classes. We're, we're getting double, triple the attendance that we were getting before that. There's a lot of people out there that have got wisdom and knowledge and have realized, you know what, it might be time to work for me as opposed to working for the man. And, and uh, I think my favorite line was there's an architect on the island I live on who commutes into the city of Vancouver every day or used to. And he would take bus. And so between the ferry and the bus and the distance, it was an hour and a half travel time each way. And it was just part of his deal. And uh, his name is Chris. And I remember uh, early when I moved to this island for the first few times, I would see this guy and he'd be like totally in this fog of zoning out. And then when I got to know him, it was Chris. And he literally turns his brain off for three hours. It was crazy, Peter. And so I ran into him a few weeks after the COVID thing was going on. I said, so what's it like not commuting? He goes, it's amazing. I love this COVID thing. I've been trying to convince my bosses I could work from home and do all the work. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's like, well, yeah, you freed up three hours of your life. And he was a zombie. I mean, some people like commuting. You know, he did not. He was like a total zombie. <laughs> so uh, for me, I'm fortunate. I do what I love to do. And I only work with people that want to do the same thing. Um, so, you know, I, I hear the data of 70, 80% of the people hate their job, don't like their job. And I'm like, really? Like, just change it then, you know, get, start a business or do your, get another job. Um, and of course it's easy to say that, but since I've made a living helping people do that, it's more than just a saying, <laughs> it's like, no, no, really, Peter, get another job <laughs> or start a business better yet. That way you control your own destiny. Right. Right. And are you working with um, like complete service people who are just getting going or are you talking to established people? Great question. We have three different divisions. And so it varies from division to division. In the authority area, um, we either work with authorities that have wisdom and knowledge and experience or people that are prepared to research and study the leaders in their field and organize that information. I call that reporter authority. Um, we don't, in that division, we don't work with brand new startup authority. We do other things to help them, but not, but not our main, our main division. Um, you want to have wisdom and knowledge. You want to be able to bring, we call it order from chaos. And if you can't do that, it's very difficult to get a high ticket program that guarantees results, right? Cause all of our programs, we guarantee results. All of our clients programs guarantee results. In fact, I think it should be illegal to sell information in the world without guaranteeing results. I actually think it should be against the law. Uh, you know, um, you may not know this, but uh, you may have heard this. Um, for people that sell courses, just like normal home study courses, Tony Robbins' data is that 3% complete it. 3%. That means 97% don't even complete the course. I'm not talking about getting results. I'm talking about just complete the material. Can you imagine... If you own a restaurant and 97% of the people that bought lunch didn't get lunch from you, they'd lock you up, right? How long would it take the GTA cops to lock you up? Like a week, man. They'd lock you up in jail. It's like, oh, you're selling, you're a fraud. Well, online, it's the norm. Like that's that's Tony freaking Robbins, one of the smartest, best motivators in the world. And he gets 3%, which means all the rest of us, if we're just selling courses, we're lucky to get 3%. So we teach our people never to sell a course. If you're going to sell training and knowledge, build in skills, accountability, and mentorship, 
so that people get results. You can actually work with them and coach them and support them and mentor them and kick them in the butt if they're not doing what they say they're going to do and things like that so that you can get results. Because if you don't get results, what are you paying for? Right? Like in the wisdom and knowledge game, we're not paying for information. That's what Google is for. Right? We were talking in the green room before we started this interview about infinite banking and that whole world. Well, you can go online and you can get like millions of pages of information on it. How much you can trust it, who knows? That's part of the problem, right? There's, there's all sorts of mystical information around this concept. But the people who know what they're doing, right, it's a totally game changer strategy. Well, what's the difference between those two? It's not the information, right? And Brendan Bouchard calls it perspective, right? It's the information along with the wisdom to know which information in which order to apply it. That's what we're looking for, right? Because with that, we can do it faster. We can do it easier. We can have more fun along the way. We can save a lot of losses, right? You know, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs financially, you're going to learn hard lessons as an entrepreneur. The only question is, are you going to learn from the school of hard knocks? Or are you going to learn from someone else who's made the mistakes already and prevent them on yourself? You're still going to learn them. Like these are fundamental things that happen to every entrepreneur. So the only question is, you know, how expensive is that lesson going to be? And how long is it going to take for you to learn the lesson? You know, I'm a simple philosophy now. I'd rather learn from someone else's mistakes. Yeah. I'd rather do that. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, to your point, I think um, I think it's it's not about the product; it's about the process. At the end of the day, it, you, when you so when you're dealing with people, do you literally go and just bust everything up, break into little microprocesses, build structure around what they do? Like, can you give a kind of a high level to how? Yeah, we do. And in fact, that that whole process has worked so well that we decided late last year to give it away as a scholarship to test it. Our one of our most popular high ticket programs is. $10,000 program we call the Game Changer Program Academy. And we gave away a million dollars worth of scholarships last November. And it was amazing because we, this is the first time we tried this on a scholarship basis. We'd sold it for several years, but we thought, you know what? We want people to take action now. And then this COVID thing hit and we're like, okay, we got to up our game. So now our goal is to give away $10 million worth of scholarships this year. We're at two and a half million. And we're pursuing it. It's why I'm doing lots of podcasts and talking to people. And in fact, you know, we'll make sure that we get the link for your anyone's listening in. If they're if they think they're a good fit, they can apply for a scholarship. And if they meet our criteria, we'll pay for the whole thing. So yeah, we break it all down to a system. And and in in high ticket program world, that usually is five stages. So you organize your information and knowledge into five stages. That's one of the key fundamentals. We call it bringing order from chaos right? They're not paying for 46 steps to solve the problem. And if there are 46 steps, you'll just group them, right? And step three might be do these 12 things. And step four, do these eight things or whatever the case may be. We're not like, we're not saying cut out stuff. We're saying for people to totally get what you do, your job is to make it easy for them to understand. Right? Like think of the, the books. You've got all kinds of great books behind you. Think of the great books. The great books take a complex subject and make it easy to understand. Right? That's where impact happens. Right? Not having 46 ways to do it. And I, you know, when I was young in my speaking career, I thought that was the answer, right? As much information, as much detail as possible. Nah, that's not what mastery is about. Right? That's not what mastery is about. Google, sure. Google will give you lots of information. <laughs> 
But unless you're Google or one of the shareholders at Google, you're not making money off of Google. Right. Yeah. And they're, so they've got, they have the passion, they have, you know, wherever that is, that's driving them. You're just really giving them not just, but you're giving them clarity to that vision that they're. Yeah. And then, and then in our world, we add in skills, accountability, and mentorship. So you got the knowledge, you still need the knowledge, but then you, the skills is where you turn the knowledge into action. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, a slap shot is a perfect example, right? A good Canadian story, right? When you're first learning to do a slap shot, no one could do it. Right. No one could pull it off. Right. And what happens? You hear the knowledge, you see other people doing it, but you still can't do a slap shot. You got to get out there and work on it and work on it and work on it. And then if you're fortunate enough to have a coach who knows some of the keys of making a slap shot go up <laughs> as opposed to stay down low, right? And you, they start working with you on it. Well, you're actually pushing down. What do you mean I'm pushing down? Yeah, you're pushing down to go up. No, really? Like that's counterintuitive to a kid. Well, anyone out there that knows how to do a slap shot, that's how you get a good slap shot up in the air is you push down, right? And then all of a sudden it starts to happen and they're working with it and they're working with it or working with it. And that's where the other two things come into play, right? Accountability and mentorship. Mentorship is that coach figure helping you. Way to go. That was awesome. What was the key to that? Oh, well, I did this. Okay, good. All right. All right. And you, you're reinforcing the good stuff, but you're also kicking them in the butt when they need it. Because we all need that, Right. We all need that. If, if the, we didn't need accountability, every entrepreneur would be successful. Every marriage would succeed. Everyone would graduate from every school they ever attended. Right? This is not the real world. The real world is we need some accountability and we need some mentorship along the way. So it doesn't matter what profession we're in. We need that combination skills, accountability, and mentorship. In our case, we teach people if they're teaching others to master something, to build that into their program. Nice. And how, what, what's your, uh, where does, where's mindset fit into? Well, mindset is the, is the big uh, sneaky bugger that gets in the way, I think, for entrepreneurs, especially. Um, there are seven big fears and the fear of failure is the first one. Most people that aren't entrepreneurs think fear of failure is the big fear. I can tell you, it's a guy that started 87 businesses. You get over fear of failure really quick. In fact, Richard Branson famously, when he's asked, what's the number one key to success for a new entrepreneur? His answer is always fail faster. Fail faster. So most entrepreneurs, most small business owners get past that. The next fear, though, is the one that gets people, in my experience. And it got me multiple times over the years. Fear of success. Fear of success. It's a sneaky bugger, Peter, because you don't know it's there. It, it has all sorts of rationalization that comes along. Oh, no, Peter, don't launch your podcast. That's like a waste of time. You'll never make any money off your podcast. Just stick over here. Do your infinite banking stuff. You know, the, the, little, the stories we tell ourselves inside our head, <laughs> right? And sometimes they're subtle and sometimes they're obvious, uh, but invariably they're not supportive of our journey. They sabotage. And, you know, I know people who teach unleashing money triggers and getting rid of triggers that are in our past. And, you know, one gal I met, she, she works multi-generational past. Like I had a session with her one time and apparently part of my problem was my grandfather had failed in his plumbing business years before I was born. And it was a trigger that was in there and she released it. 
And it was like, wow, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll embrace that idea if that'll help me, if that'll help me. And I had my best year ever the year after she did that. Right. So, yeah, it's like, who knows, but we have all sorts of triggers. We have all sorts of, I call it baggage, right? Harbecker calls it mind frick. If you've ever heard him speak. Um, but we have all these sorts of baggage that gets in our way. Part of it is, you know, we're Canadians, right? Canadians aren't supposed to brag. We're supposed to be polite and say we're sorry all the time, right? And we do. We are and we do. And we can also succeed. <laughs> and as an entrepreneur, sometimes you got to step up and like declare to the world your impact on the world, right? Here's what I do. Here's the impact I make, right? Our American cousins to the South, they're really good at doing that. Sometimes to a fault, you know, to be sure, <laughs> right? My love-hate relationship with Americans, right? The greatest country in the world, except they have way too many lawyers and way too many guns. Now, my solution is easy. You just have all the lawyers have duels and you get rid of half the lawyers and half the guns. But so far, Congress hasn't approved that strategy, <laughs> partly because they're filled with lawyers, but that's a whole separate story. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's, uh, that's the fear that gets in the way for a lot of people, fear of success. And, you know, we took a company public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. At one point, my stock was worth $21 million, all still in escrow. Six months later, I was $10 million in debt. Wow. The whole company blew apart at the seams. Now, we had a CEO embezzle a bunch of money and, 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 and. And if we wanted to, we could easily point fingers and blame. Didn't matter. End result was the same. End result was the same. So, you know, there's lots of lessons to be learned out there, to be sure. Uh, and that was a good one. That was, a, that was a, an expensive lesson for me. Uh, I learned to play with dolphins, not sharks, for sure, if you're going to go into business with people. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of lessons we need to learn along the way. And fear of success has this sneaky way of jumping up. And, you know, you see it oftentimes where people get fired from a job or laid off or furloughed or whatever the latest lingo is. And they want to start their own business and they don't take action on it. Like, like, like mother nature is welcoming them into the world of being an entrepreneur, right? There's 30 million people in the U S alone that have been unemployed in the last couple of months, right? Many of them will want their own business. Many of them would want to be in charge of their financial destiny. And yet statistically, most are going to wait and get a job and go back. Why? Like, why not control your destiny? Why not do what you want to do, right? You can have way more fun. You can make way more money if you're smart about it. And you certainly can have way more impact. You certainly can have way more impact along the way. And fundamentally, I think that's more important than the, than the cash. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's kind of ironic, right? That you're being risk averse is really what's, at the end of the day, it's holding you back. It, it, so the businesses yeah. you work with, are you, um, you know, how... Are you building, are they building to, are, are people building to sustain a business, to scale? What's, what's kind of the, the, the typical path for Well, I, I've had three sort of eras of working with entrepreneurs. So I've, I've worked with people starting and growing. I've worked with people exiting. I've worked with people scaling. I've worked with people franchising, licensing. So over the last 37 years, I've, I've dealt with literally thousands of different businesses in different scenarios. Now I focus on helping people pre-plan that what that exit's going to look like. So for some people, it's a sale. For some people, it's a cash flow situation where the team then runs the business for them. Those are the two most common scenarios. Um, and they're very different in terms of the end game, but they're very similar in terms of the structure, 
right? Fundamentally, both those models depend on creating a business that doesn't need you to be the center of the business. And that's the biggest shift uh, employees make, have to make, is that a great employee is essential to a business, right? That's what you do. You make yourself essential so that you rise up the chart and make more money and they love you and adore you and pat you on the back and give you more cash and whatever else, right? Well, as an entrepreneur, that's the thing you get to unlearn. Because when you're essential to your business, you have a job with economic risk, which is the worst of both worlds, right? Michael Gerber, I used to work with Michael Gerber years ago, wrote the E-Myth. He calls it, you, it the, you're the worst of both worlds, all right? You're working for a lunatic, which is you. <laughs> Every time he would say that, it was like, you're working for a lunatic, and that's you. <laughs> but that's what happens. A lot of people, especially professionals, they get out and they start consulting or they start coaching and they're just basically bought themselves a job and it's a time for money gig and there's no leverage there. Yeah, they're maybe making more per hour than they were making as an employee, but they still have to work to get paid, work to get paid, work to get paid. And that's, that's a terrible business model, terrible business model. So a big part of the work we do is to help people educate themselves on, okay, consciously, what model do you want? Right. If you want that model, there's nothing wrong with that model. Then go buy uh, Alan Weiss's book on million dollar consulting. At least learn how to make seven figures time for money. If you're going to be a slave to the practice, at least do it really well. Right. So someone like Alan Weiss is the direction to go. I happen to not want to be a slave to my work. So I have a different philosophy and a different approach. So I don't model that approach. I model other approaches. And now we teach people to do the same thing. And I just find it's a lot, I think it's a healthier game to play to where you're not required. I have a call later today as, as we record this with a guy that's had six eight-figure exits of startups, Peter. Six eight-figure exits wow. of startups. The first two work in 60, 70 hours a week. The last four, he had a baby girl. His first daughter arrived and he said, I'm not going to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and miss my girl's life growing up. I'm not going to do that but I still love doing startups and scaling them. So he invented a better way. The last four, 10 to 15 hours a week, Peter. 10 to 15 hours a week. It's insane. And now he's at the stage in his life where he's like, he realizes he wants to teach that to other entrepreneurs. And we're like, yes. <laughs> like, hello, me too, right? Like, if this is something we, we should all learn. Does that mean we don't want to work 40 hours? No, no, just have the choice. Have the choice. You may want to work 40 hours. You love what you're doing. Good for you. But make it by choice, not by force. Huge difference in your quality of life. Huge difference in your stress level and huge difference in the level of money you make. The money you make. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited to work with guys like, like Mac because that's been his whole world, figuring out how to do that. Right? And he knows it's valuable, but he has no idea how valuable that wisdom is. Right. right. That's the holy grail. And and so how about um, capitalizing a business? How, how important is it to keep money in the business? How important is it to take profit out for yourself? What are your Well, there's two, two parts to that that I think are worth talking about. The first is commingling, the whole concept of running a business from one account and having all the money mixed up. As a guy who's a master at commingling, let me tell you, that's a really stupid strategy, okay? You want to treat it as if it's a separate entity, because it is. You may not have formally incorporated it, but you still want to treat it 
as a separate entity. And that means profit sharing, paying salaries to you and other people, or at the very least, accruing deferred compensation. Even that, that little difference, I don't have the money to pay myself. Well, so show it on the books that you still owe it. Accrue it. Show it on the books. Treat it like a professional. And guess what? You'll rise to the occasion. You'll also stop doing this, the little stuff that's 20, 30 bucks an hour. And you'll focus on the stuff that's 200, 300, 500 bucks an hour in your business, i.e. the stuff that brings in real revenue. Because all of a sudden you're looking and say, well, I'm like 80,000 behind because I haven't paid myself anything. Well, yeah, you're behind. Let's go. See, startup, Peter, is supposed to be a temporary phase. A lot of people don't realize this. Startup is not supposed to be a five-year journey. It's supposed to be a temporary phase along the way. So capital is essential. Now, in our world, we teach our clients to start with their high-ticket program, sell that first. Traditionally, in this space, they talk about an ascension ladder. Right, of a free gift, then a tripwire, then a low ticket, then a slightly higher ticket, then $500, then $2,000, and so on. You've probably heard that model. A lot of people teach it. Here's something they don't tell you. Of the 10,000 plus people I've met in this world, in this space, three have made that model profitable. Three. That means 9,997 have not, including some of the biggest names in the industry when you meet them behind the scenes, when their feet are up, when they're in the green room or in their own masterminds where they're open and honest and sharing, they'll tell you, oh, no, you don't make money doing that. You make money on your high ticket. And then I'll say, well, why are you teaching them to start with that? Oh, well, you know, well, well, you know, and then I'm like, no, no, no. That's like, no, why are you teaching this? You know, it doesn't work. Why are you teaching it? And the, and the only answer that comes out when they're honest and in rapport is I need to do something with the people that aren't going to buy my high ticket, so I might as well squeeze some money out of them. They all know it's a scam. I call it that world, the entrepreneur education cabal. (laughs) Their job is just to sell you stuff. They don't care whether you get results or not. They just want to sell you stuff. Well, you know what? That's not good enough for me. And I think for a lot of people out there, they're sick and tired of buying stuff. They want results. And this whole crazy COVID era is just going to make that even more important. We don't want to pay for information, we want to pay for results. We want to pay for results. And if you, if you want that, like if you're, if you're listening to this and go, yeah, I want to pay for results, then why would you sell something to your clients that's not linked to results? If you prefer that, and I've yet to meet a person who's honest with themselves who doesn't prefer that, yet to meet one. I'm sure there's someone out there, <laughs> some crazy wackadoodle, but you know, most of us prefer results if we could. Right. I mean, like, uh, can you, you know, go back to that restaurant analogy, you go order a lunch and it doesn't come. Would you want to pay for that? No, who would want to pay for that? Right. You want to, you get the lunch, you pay for it. Right. That's the smart way to do it. But online people have this weird idea that, you know, you'll hear things like, well, it's not my job to make Peter follow up on that. I can't control whether Peter focuses. I can't control this. I can't control this. What a bunch of crap. There's lots of ways you can control that. You build in skills, accountability, and mentorship, right? Those are not, we didn't invent these three ideas. We simply structured redundancy around it because that's the other thing. As an entrepreneur, you talk about cash flow. The biggest mistake most entrepreneurs make is they have one way to produce cash flow. And then then when they find it works, they push it, right? They really go double down on it. 
our philosophy is create three strategies, always. Redundancy. Always have redundancy on every piece of your strategy that makes a difference in your business. Um, but at the very least, have three ways to produce revenue. Three main ways. Don't need 13. You don't need 13, especially in the beginning years. That's like way too much. Right now, it's different if you're a clothing store. Obviously, three pieces of clothing, three things you sell probably wouldn't make for a good business. But McDonald's, when when Ray Kroc bought McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers, they sold burgers, cheeseburgers, fries, and shakes. They didn't even sell pop. There was no Coca-Cola in their stores originally. How crazy is that? They sold four things. And one could argue cheeseburgers and hamburgers really isn't two separate things, right? Yeah. Uh, cheeseburgers, hamburgers, fries, and shakes. That's it, baby. You know, they seem to do okay as a company. They seem to have some good impact on the planet in terms of the global reach, right? So you don't need uh, a lot, but you do need more than one. You do need more than one to make it work, I think. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does for sure. So um, as we kind of wind down here, I just want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you um, and, and how to communicate with you. I know you have, you've got, I know on your site, you talked about uh, your book as well, or can you talk about sure, all that? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, one, I'll make sure I get you the link to our scholarship. So if anyone's listening in and they think they've got some wisdom and knowledge and they want to package it up, um, we right now about 80% of the people that apply are accepted. It's a full $10,000 program. We want to give away millions of dollars worth of scholarships this year. So, Peter, you're welcome to look at it yourself. Um, I have, I think, 95% of our podcast uh, hosts have applied. <laughs> and I'm really proud of that metric because they're like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't I want this? And in the field we were talking about earlier, the infinite banking and stuff that's there, oh, my God, a high-ticket program would do so well. So well because people have no idea how much money they're leaving on the table. You do because you're in it. Right. But outside entrepreneurs have no idea how much money they're leaving on the table, and they're not going to listen to you in volume until you charge them real money. See, here's the other thing. We value, in a free society, we value what we pay for. Should it be that? No, of course not. It shouldn't be that. We should value everything intrinsically for its value. But that's not how we are, <laughs> right? Why are iPhones so much more appreciated by people than Samsungs or the other models? Why do they get so much more money for these darn phones? Oh, well, partly because they charge so much more money for them, right? We like we value them. They're like, oh, iPhone, right? Oh, yeah, no, I don't want one of those. Now, of course, don't, don't send me notes, everyone. I know the other phones are better. I'm not saying they're not better. They are better in many, many ways. In fact, pretty much every variable you can measure, they're better, except for the gross margin for Apple. <laughs> that one they win they win that one so you know we can learn from that we can learn whether we buy those phones or not we can learn from that mindset they're selling value they're selling value so i'll give you a link to the scholarship thing and the other way is just go on linkedin um and look me up i'm all over linkedin and and uh got 20,000 first level connections you'll see links to the scholarship there and the different divisions we have and the books and the summits and all kinds of things that we do that's one of the fastest ways and uh, happy to uh, connect with people all the time um, and talking to people. And I, I particularly, because I help people start businesses for more than a decade, I have a soft spot for people that are starting new businesses. Um, you know, you saw how long it took me to say, sure, let's go. Let's do an interview. 
Um, well, most people that are doing podcasts in scale are very picky. What is your audience? What are your downloads? What are your past guests? I'm like, ah, come on, let's just share the love. Let's get it out there, share the love, and then some people will be listening in. And if it makes a difference in their lives, then we've done a good job, right? We've spent a good half an hour. We've made a difference in someone's life. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, I, I appreciate you imparting your knowledge and sharing your story. And um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people that'll be in touch um, out of this. And um, the, there's definitely lots to take away from, from this uh, episode. So I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thanks for all the work you're doing, Peter. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cash Flow Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.